Welcome to The Intimate Room, the show where we discuss dynamic, unfiltered, intimate conversations. This is your girl, Janine Latrice. What's up, everyone? This is Erica Avila. This is your boy, Pico City Brown. We have a special guest, Valerie Moore. Say hey, hello. Valerie. Welcome, Valerie. Thanks. Hello, everyone. How you doing? I'm well. How are you all? I'm doing we're speaking about uh, mental health and just dealing with mental health, mental health in, in relationships or partnerships. And particularly with um, ex-inmates. Yes. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Let's not waste any time. Uh, Valerie, we'd love to hear from you. So why don't you go ahead and fill us in with whatever your experience is. So I dated someone in for a couple of years. I've known this individual for several years. And um, this person was wrongfully convicted of a double homicide. And they spent over 22 years in prison for um, this crime that they did not do. Um, they, after spending over 22 years for a crime they didn't do, they came out and to say when you meet this person, he is a gentle soul is an understatement. Mm. Um, extremely accommodating, just a very, very um, humble, forgiving individual. Mm. However, um, as we were in COVID and we were dating, um, things started to unfold. And when things, I think when the time, when I really realized things were really unfolding was he had a, a civil rights, a civil suit against the city and they were preparing him for the trial. However, I feel like they did not prepare him for the trauma that was going to come out of that. They didn't mentally prepare him. Not at all. Mm -hmm. And so with them not mentally preparing him, things came up in trial because the city to some degree was trying to retry him right to um to try to um put blame on his character as to why he did he shouldn't get the monies that he so was suing for they were still acting as if he was guilty yes so right. in the night, so it. the thing about someone who's wrongfully convicted um they sometimes will qualify for what's called a wrongful conviction certification so that means somebody has stated has decided that you did not do that crime and this is the certification that proves that you that you did not do it and this is what we believe and know to be true mm -hmm. and so he has a wrongful conviction he has a wrongful conviction certification so to try and retry him in this space was just wrong wait a minute isn't that like double jeopardy so it wasn't double jeopardy because they are still trying to reset the stage to um make the jury feel like He's not this person that deserves the money that he's suing for. So it's to put oh. it's to put a it's to put a spot on who he is in, as far as his characteristic is his character is concerned. Mm -hmm. So it's the responsibility of his legal team to come in and say that's not what we're doing. We're not doing that, mm -hmm. and that's what they did. You know what's so horrible when you're dealing with any person with any type of trauma? Anytime you have to publicly. Anytime you have to speak on it, whether it's public or not, you are still touching an open wound and it's going to trigger you and it's going to unravel all these emotions. Mm -hmm. And even if you didn't realize that there's still pain there, when you start speaking on it or you're shedding light on it and all the attention is there, it probably triggers somebody. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And so then what I saw because he was so often in my space, I started to see him unfolding. Yeah. So it would be something as simple as if we were walking my dog. Mm -hmm. Did you see that person, how he looked at us? I mm -hmm. wonder if he recognizes me. I wonder if he thinks this. And so it just kind of escalated from there. Because 
that's so horrible. He's thinking like everyone's looking at me like I'm guilty. Everyone's pointing the finger at me. The paranoia. I'm on trial. Yeah, say that, yeah. mm-hmm. His trauma is I am on trial all right. the time. Right. And wow. if it, it, so there's two parts to that. Mm-hmm. You're either on trial or the people who think that you killed their loved one or have mm. been right, right, right. now you are also hiding in plain sight from them. Yes. Right. Because now you feel like there's a possibility there's a hit on you. Yes. And they, believe, they don't believe it. Exactly. So they still right. think that you are guilty, guilty mm-hmm. right. with oh, that crime because they, you don't know the intimate details of what really happened. Right. You know, so, so now you're, you're walking through life and consistent fear and yeah. or paranoia. So he's yeah. a victim now. Absolutely. He's been a victim the whole, he was a whole, the whole he was time. a victim the whole time. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so to deal with that, you know, you're, for me, I have to, I'll be transparent right now. Sure. And what, and being in my transparency, it started off as a great friendship in a sense where I felt like this guy is like, he's a wonderful guy. He needs a chance. He should have a chance with whomever, he, right. you know, a chance of happiness. But I tried to play Jesus mm-hmm. in, in retrospect. And so what I found myself doing, and uh, Janine can attest to this, I'm this really outgoing, speak my mind, open personality at all times. And what I found myself doing is dimming my light so that I made him comfortable in the process of our relationship. Of course. Yeah. And so now you're dealing with this person who is feeling like, are you part of these people? Are mm. you doing this? Are you speaking to someone about this? Are you doing this? Are you doing he that? You don't trust nobody. Nobody. Right. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Mm-hmm. So now, now he's gone through jail. Did uh, he have anyone at his <laughs> side? How old was he, first of all, when he was wrongfully convicted and his, arrested? He was in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. He had one child. Um, he had... Um, a baby that was seven months old. Mm. So when he went to jail, his son was seven months old. Mm. When he came home, his son was graduating from college two weeks later. Wow. 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 And so... Missed his whole life. Exactly. Wow. Um, And so then you had... He had the one aunt who had been consistently in his life Mm -hmm. bringing, like, it was his son and then he also um, has two other kids that he claimed the siblings of this child. And so he considered all three of those three children his. So he had an aunt that would bring them to see him, and she was the consistent person in his life. Thank goodness. So someone always kept in touch. He did have family. Right. He had her. And then he stopped talking to her. Wow. And that's when I knew it was going to be a matter of time Mm. before I was pushed off the island. Yeah. Because if he pushes her off the island, the one person that's That's been been there there over 22 years who took the documents to the attorney's office that you asked her to take them to, the person who sent you money, the person that visited you, the person that accepted the phone calls, the person that sent the letters, the person that was your feet out on the street because he was the person that actually helped get himself out of jail. He was called, he was like an attorney in jail. He was the one that 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 dug really deep. Who the um your my 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 soon to be ex husband. Oh, you married you were married to him. I am married to him. Oh, you're married to yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. So I like how she says it. So you're married to him. <laughs> <laughs> you're married to him. With the hand on the chin. <laughs> right. She's like, yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, and that, you know, this is a lot of information. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting, but it's so real. Right. And it's it's so, Wrong. I don't know, the term, I don't even know, I don't have the right words to say. There's no right words, but it's unfortunate because... 
you know, I'm sure you care about him and you don't want to let it go when someone has a mental issue or some trauma that they're dealing with, mm-hmm. right? That's got to be hard to to fight because they have to want to get through it themselves. Right. So it's really hard to be supportive, and especially if they're pushing you out. Right. Exactly. I, I, I hate, you know, why I say, you know, marriage, like, I hate divorce. I don't like it. Granted, I've done it, but, you know, I wouldn't have if I if I didn't have to. If you could save the marriage, you know, save it. I, I think mm-hmm. it's, especially if, if there's respect there, I just don't see any reason, you know. Well, the thing about it is um, it got to the point where he had decided that he no longer wanted the marriage. So we were talking on the phone one night and just having a conversation and I opened my mailbox to divorce documents. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he told me, you know, that he was unhappy and that he said he was unhappy because he felt like he could never be happy mm-hmm. and he wanted me mm-hmm. to be happy. So the best thing he could do was for me was to, 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 to divorce me. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just wanted him to get the help that he needed. Is he trying? At he all? is. He is. He is trying to get him. Um, he is getting help now. However, what I discovered was the mental illness had taken a toll on me. Mm-hmm. And so I've dealt with mental illness all my life. So my grandmother um, was mentally ill and she was institutionalized from the age of 32 until she died in her 80s. Wow. Then um, last year, um, I had a nephew who, um, 19 years old, snapped, stabbed his six year old brother to death. Oh, no. And set their house on fire. Wow. So there's always just been, but I think in a in the in our community, in the African community, the African American community, I think we see a lot of trauma mm-hmm. and we hide it, mm-hmm. and so it's oh don't tell or mm-hmm. don't say anything, and so you almost consider this as a norm, and I feel like we have more words or phrases that have opened up to us to the world during the pandemic. Because supposedly, like the suicidal rate was up over eight hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is during during crazy. COVID, not ten percent, not eight percent, eight hundred over eight hundred percent. So when you think about that, you know, in looking at my husband, I think people. This is what people often said. They was like, "How could he be so nice? Like I would be so angry. I would, and you know, he was so forgiving." You know, it was, well, it happened. I'm out now. That's all that matters. I got an opportunity to yeah. live on the outside. But on, on the flip side, there's this person who then starts to, like, talk about their life from childhood going forward. And then they finally realize, this is real effed up. This is not okay. My life was never okay. And then you reconcile yourself to, mm, it was what it was. Mm-mm. It is what it is. Right. You know, people, it's a lot of people that's been wrongfully convicted and they still, they still in jail. So, I mean, at least I got another chance. That's, but that's the masking. Not, but yeah. that's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. That's a good word, masking. Mm-hmm. He's masking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so then you find yourself like accommodating the masking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby, you right. You right. You right. But, you know, we should be talking to someone. I don't need to talk to anybody. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, as long as you seem like you're okay. Well, that's we just talked about that on our last show, how we tell people we think you're being a good friend and a, bo- a good yeah. supportive system by being a good listener and telling them what they want to hear. Telling what they want to hear, right. Mm-hmm. Which is not okay. By catering right. to their what they're saying at the time they're saying, to catering to people's needs. But in reality, we're sweeping everything under the rug. I mean, think about that. And, how and how often do we do fixed. that just on a daily basis? Think about 
when somebody asks you really how you're doing and you really not good, no, right? What, good. what is your response? I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, straight, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I can fine. certainly yeah. identify with that because I had just started at the firm that we work at last year in January. And when this happened with my nephews, it was in July. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to go another, I'm going to kind of turn off the road for a moment and go to a side road. I think it was one of those things where you feel like, and I, and I know I feel like this, you know, I'm a black woman that yep. just started my good paying job. Yep. I can't take no time off. Right. I got to go back. Mm-hmm. But you have this trauma that's unthinkable, unshakable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're walking in and it's, hi, how are you? <laughs> hi, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. And inside you're like, I'm fucked up. Yeah. I'm super mm-hmm. fucked up. Like, how do you just deal? Like, I went back to work like the following week and I literally fell to my knees in somebody's lap and could mm-hmm. not stop crying. You know, so too many times we mask mm-hmm. what's really going on in our lives for the sake of that's what we've been told to do. You got your good paying job. You got to pay those bills. So you just go in there and, and you get over it. And be pe- strong. Be, be, be not strong. only be strong or and people been through worse Suck than you. Suck, yeah, it, suck up. it up. Yep. People been through worse than yeah. you. That's not the worst. Somebody, somebody going through something worse than you. You need the distraction. The distraction is good. That's my favorite <laughs> one. You need the distraction. Work is the distracting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so, and, and, and that's what I found myself doing in my relationship. Mm-hmm. Like we are, we can be remote two days a week and I would literally go in five days a week to avoid my husband. Yeah, and we live in two different States. We've lived in two different States the entire time. And so my thing was, okay, he'll be like, oh, well, I'm going to come to the city. And I'm like, oh, I got means today. <laughs> no, I got I would even know if you were remote <laughs> or not. <laughs> It's like, I'm a, I'm because I'm, he FaceTime. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm like, no, I got meetings today. No, no, don't come today. And she's the only one in the office. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on Fridays. <laughs> you know, so you, 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 you take and then what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to die in the process. Not to deal with it, really. Right. Not to face it. And so what ended up happening, then his mental illness projected onto me. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I started thinking, so then it mm-hmm. becomes a situation where, do I say that? Can I say that? Do you know what I'm thinking? Am I looking too hard? Am I not paying attention? Should I respond like that? Should I not respond like that? Oh my God, what should I do? And that's what was happening to me. And so I started to second guess everything that I was saying. Second guess whatever I was doing. It even spilled over into our bedroom. Why you do it like that? We've been doing the same way. But last, blah, blah, blah. He like, no, you did something a little different tonight. Why you do that? So what do you think he was trying to say by that? Do you think he was accusing you of being with somebody else? Learning new tricks? I, I had that too. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had that too. Yeah. I was accused of cheating. Yeah. I was accused of cheating. We once worked in the same office together. I was accused of cheating with an ex, with an old colleague, friend. Mm-hmm. Um, because I... She'll tell you, I talk to everybody. And when I talk to them, I sincerely want to know how you're doing. Mm -hmm. What's going on with you? Are you okay? Especially as African-American men, I'm checking on you. Right. You know, I want to know, are you good? Mm -hmm. Like, how's your day going? You know, and for him, he was like, nobody is that nice. Wow. (laughs) Nobody is that nice. Mm -mm, mm -mm, Nobody is that nice. But I was that nice to you. Right. So what makes him different? Right. And I wasn't nice to you because I was trying to be with you. I was sincerely nice to you because that's who I am. Just a nice person. In addition to, I know what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. And so it's not fair to be anything but this to you because you deserve that. And I feel like most black men have it so hard when they step outside their homes. Imagine just coming, stepping out of prison. Right. So we Mm -hmm. all need to be nice 
to someone that's down on their luck. That's the only reason why I'm nice. Because I dealt with so many mean fucking people. Yeah. So, so why am I nice even if someone doesn't deserve it? Because I want to brighten up someone's day. I compliment people just to compliment them because... I know that it feels good. Maybe nobody else compliments them ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And it costs me nothing. It costs me nothing to be kind, nice, sweet. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, I just don't see why people just can't be nice. It's just, you should be that. If you're human, you should know, like, people deal with so much different stuff and it, it costs us nothing. And you know what? Like, the universe will pay you back kindly, too. So At some point, absolutely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Absolutely. So where is he now? Is he, is he, in, you said he was in the process of getting, so that, does his healing look like therapy or what, what type of services is he doing? He's in therapy. Um, I believe there's medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has consistently still closed himself off from the world. So he doesn't like, he doesn't really deal with anybody unless he has to. Um, oh gosh, it sounds like depression. And that's part of it. That's part of the, that's, that is part of the mental illness Mm -hmm. is depression. Like you feel like he always constantly said he's not worthy. He's not worthy of certain things. Mm. And I'm like, we're all worthy. We're all worthy of goodness. We're all worthy of kindness. We're all worthy of um, receiving love from someone. We're all worthy of a wonderful life. We are all worthy. And you know, to, to, to add to that, like for him personally, it should be like, especially you yes especially you because you didn't deserve that and everything that you're going through now is because you were wrongfully convicted so get outside of don't let people keep you in a space of being the person that they pointed you know that claimed over you they put a title on you they changed your whole entire life and so for that reason you need to start living for you And and not you can't care about what anybody else thinks. Get out of your own head. We get in our own way and we're in our own head with our own insecurities, with our own traumas. Mm -hmm. And so, you you know, it takes a lot to recover from it. And a lot of people are not ready to deal with what the healing process looks like. Because, again, that is you opening up that window to all of your past emotional traumas. And you're going to resurface all of that pain. So you have to be willing to go through pain in order to overcome it. Well, I wanted to ask, um, you mentioned that, oh God, I forgot what I wanted to ask. You mentioned something prior to us talking about your nephew. You said something about you guys were in the midst of breaking up. Do you want to hold on to the marriage? I don't want to be married. I don't want to be divorced. But I, but what well, I, are, where did you get married and what state? Vegas. Okay. Check out what that state's laws are. Because if, if, if it's because... I just feel like if you can hold on to it and because you see, oh, that's what I wanted to tap back into. I wanted to ask you, what was his reason for cutting out his aunt? The he, didn't pers- he didn't trust her. He didn't trust her. He doesn't trust anyone. He doesn't trust anybody. Yeah. He doesn't trust anybody. He thinks everybody, like in his mind, he feels like we're all still talking. To, we're talking to the system. The system and that we're setting him up to be rearrested and mm. sent back to jail. Mm. So... Would I like to go through therapy and hold on to my marriage or try to make it work? Absolutely. However, what I found is you can't hold on to someone that doesn't want to be held on on to. to. Right. But you don't know that it could just be him verbally saying, I don't want this. You don't know what he's really thinking 
emotionally and mentally. And so I feel like that 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 part part of the conversation is what makes people hold on to relationships that they shouldn't hold on to. Because at the end of the day, that sounds about right. And so then you take and you do all these things to prohibit yourself from going to the next step. But for me, I feel like I am at a space in my life where this is the first time in my life I don't have children in my home. I don't have a pet in my home. I don't have a man in my home. And so I now am at peace. Right. That relationship was hard. Mm -hmm. It was hard because you are always checking. There's checks and balances every day. There's the eggshells on the floor. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, And so when you're going Mm -hmm. through that. Oh, I went through that. You know, so (laughs) now you're feeling like, okay, do I want to hold on to something and is it worth holding Mm -hmm. on to? Yeah. Like, what's the value of it? Now, can we go our separate ways for a season? So did it become very toxic then? Or just mentally and physically draining? Mentally exhausting. Mm -hmm. Mentally exhausting, which then spills over into your livelihood yes mm-hmm. all right well do you guys have any thoughts pico you as a as a man the only male here on set today do you have any questions or thoughts victor's a man closing victor um, doesn't have a microphone he's victor he don't need him no i'm just playing i was quiet i was just listening but that's that's a lot that's still that's going a, through I mean, yeah still going through yeah. that's a whole lot and for, um, what you said he was he was locked up for what you said 22 years over 22 years and it's like he got this persona like it's, just, it's me against the world and I don't trust anybody. He, right. threw, he pretty much threw everything out that loved him. Yes. His, you said his auntie? His aunt. They were very close. Yeah. They're, they're, they're about nine years apart. Wow. Okay. And so she was the person that taught him how to play basketball. She put a basketball in his, in his head. Wow, that's nice. So, I mean, they were just like, you know, that's the person he came out to. That's the person that's, you know, took him to set up bank accounts mm-hmm. and buy a car and do this and do that. That's who she was in his life. Wow. And so um, it was very emotional to see him push her away. And I felt like it's only a matter of time for me. So, yeah, and that's another thing I wanted to say. When you said it was a matter of time for you, did you see the did you see the storm coming? Like, you know, he's going to, okay. I did, because cool. it started with her, and then it went into the children, and then it just went into, and so every day we were talking about somebody okay. on some level. So I'm like, it's just a matter of time before I'm you pushed off the me. island. Yeah. Out of all of that, you still wanted to be there. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's, I that's, that's the think beauty that's the, of it. I think that's the maternal part of us sometimes. Yeah, yeah. As exactly. women. Because we think we can fix it. Yeah. We're caretakers, F- caregivers. Yeah. That's what yeah. we do. Yeah. But, then, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. That's, that's a hell of a... Yeah. Well, I'm glad, Val, that you were able to to share a little bit with us. And um, I'm glad that you're at a point where you, you can have some peace and you made the decision for you. Um, I think that's huge in our in in any any relationship. You have to decide what's best for you, um, regardless of what's really going on. You have to do what's best for you. I think as a community, as a whole, overall, uh, we need to really start looking at mental health a lot uh, seriously at, at younger ages. And kids are especially in this day and age. Yes, it should be like a regular thing. Even if I mean, you don't have to be diagnosed. Everybody needs a check-in every now and then. Right. Absolutely. No matter how strong you think you are, no matter how what you've been through, what you've gotten through, it all plays a, a it's a building. It's building. And right. at some point, you're gonna need that mental check-in. And a lot of people think, especially in our in the black community. Black and brown. Black and brown. <laughs> I, and I'm I'm a strong believer in prayer. But Absolutely. we also need to check in. With the physical too. Prayer is awesome, but we got to check in physically as well. God gave us so, therapists for a reason. Absolutely, that's true. Absolutely, he, gave, he cloaked us with. He gave us therapists for a reason. Yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, from my experience, like I actually have a very similar background just because I was married to someone who was locked up and it wasn't wrongfully convicted. They, you know, did a crime and had to do the time. Um, he played it off very well. Like he had a really good character. So you, you, he meets people today. He hangs out with people. People be like, oh, he's so cool. He's so nice. But, you know, and I'm not going to say that he's not a cool, nice guy because my experience with him relationship wise, you know, I didn't care for who he was in the relationship. So I decided that that marriage needed to end. But I did verbally say like, hey, listen, I think you're still dealing with some issues that you need to fix. And if you're not willing to fix them, then they're never going to get solved. And he kind of after our marriage and the breakup, his childhood friends and the people who were really good to him, he stopped talking to them. He's no longer friends with them. I mm -hmm. think that even though he thought that he he did things to end our marriage because he did things within our marriage that he shouldn't be a married man doing. So for that reason, I divorced him. And so I think when his friends probably address some of those things, like, hey, what did you do? He pushed those people out. And so I, I think that, you know, as adults, I think it's it's very, it's okay. People need to learn how to just accept like, hey, you got some things that probably should still, you know, be worked on. And it's okay to say you're not okay. Just yes. be transparent. Absolutely. You know, how are you going to get past it? How are you going to be at peace with yourself? So I think we need to, you know, be a little bit more transparent and hold ourselves accountable and, and to openly talk about it with no shame. Final thoughts, Val? My absolute final thought is um, be careful who you link with. Mm -hmm. um, don't ignore the signs. Don't think you can fix a person, whether it be male or female. Mm -hmm. um, don't do the benefit of the doubt. And know who you're dealing with. And let's not be so eager to be in a relationship that we booed up and bayed up you know, in all love 2.5 seconds, mm -hmm. you know, um, <laughs> yeah. the other thing that we're seeing is seeing unfold at this point is the domestic violence mm. yeah. in relationships, mm -hmm. yeah. especially for, for, for women of color, mm -hmm. black and brown women, yeah. because so many times we're like, well, if I just do this, or if I just say this, or mm -hmm. if I don't do this, and if I don't say this, and if I act like this, you shouldn't have to change who you are to be able to function in a relationship. And if it's not healthy, then you probably shouldn't be in it because we can't fix people. I agree. Only God can fix people. Only yeah. therapy can fix people. Only people can fix themselves. Yep. You know, we shouldn't come in taking all these pieces off the floor and trying to put together this person. Right. How about I can't fix what somebody else created? Yep. You know, like if you have uh, childhood trauma and some issues with mothers and women, I can't fix that, you know? You know, till next time, you guys, Valerie, it was a pleasure having you here. Thank you for being so transparent. Thank you. This is Erica Avila. We'll see you guys later. This is your girl, Janine Latrice. And this is your boy, Pico Brown. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and listen to our show on every platform where you listen to your podcast.